You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another simulated sax broadcast from Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. My name is Chris Lanuti, and before we head out to the ballpark, let's talk about our fine sponsors, Cork and Carry at the Park. You can still order their extensive menu through Grubhub.com, or you can just go to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com, and when you go check out the menu, there's a Grubhub button. And if you look on there, all the favorites are on there. From the starters and sides with the Irish egg rolls, the Irish fries, the fried Cajun pickles, onto the salads and wraps. If you want a buffalo chicken salad wrap, if you want something spicy, you want the carne asada salad wrap, or if you just want to eat healthy because we're all putting on a few extra pounds, that Cobb salad wrap that they have is incredible. And then you have the Southside Irish Burger. It's 10 bucks. It's got the Irish bacon, Dubliner cheddar, coleslaw with an egg on top of it and your choice of side the chicago burger is my favorite mozzarella italian beef and sausage served with sweet or hot peppers and your choice of side and don't forget if you want the true ballpark experience they have the vienna hot dogs on fridays for those that have to eat meatless they have the fish and chips rubens pulled pork and then boneless and traditional buffalo wings Remember, that's at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com or right through Grubhub. Either way, support them like they support us because one day this will all be over and we'll be back down at the ballpark going into a Southside tradition at 33rd and Princeton, going to Cork and Carry and heading off to the ball game. Tonight, we head to Cleveland where the White Sox win game two of the series and try to go for the series win. The 3-2 and two White Sox go to the 4-1 and one Cleveland Indians. Lucas Giolito stands on the mound against Shane Bieber. White Sox Simulated Baseball is next from Cork and Carry at the Park and Socks in the Basement found everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third of a three-game set on the road for the Chicago White Sox at Progressive Field as Socks in the Basement with MLB The Show 20. And our sponsors, Cork and Carry at the Park, bring you yet another White Sox simulated game. This thing is catching on. We can see the numbers each and every day, more and more people listening to it. And we thank you for checking it out. Today, Shane Bieber takes the mound. He's got one start on opening day for the Indians. He's 1-0. Over seven innings, he only gave up, well, seven hits. He also had eight strikeouts. And he got the win on that day. Lucas Giolito had a rougher day, but his team also got the win. Tim Anderson steps in. There is no score as we are in the top of the first, and this is the first pitch on the way. High, four-seam, 93-mile-an-hour fastball. Anderson takes it, and the game has begun. Bieber looks sharp in his first game of the year. The Indians collected their first loss of the year last night in a rainstorm, but the sun is out today as Anderson swings on and drives this one down the left field line, curving foul right before it gets to the foul pole, and he almost quickly gave the White Sox a 1-0 lead. 56 degrees now and not a cloud in the sky. Such a difference from the previous game here in Cleveland as that storm front has moved on and brought more spring than winter. Inside pitch, low, ball two, 2-1 the count. 
This one is high. Anderson offers it and chops it foul down the third base line. He's pulled both of them that he's made contact with to this point. Bieber into the line to the 429 hitting Anderson, sitting on a five-game hit streak through the first five games of the season. He fouls that one off and will reset two and two the count. Bieber with the pitch. That is fouled off down the first baseline. Anderson fighting off an inside pitch, falling across the plate as he swung the pitch. That one's low and outside, and Anderson goes full. Yasmani Grandal on deck. Looks like Ricky Renteria is going to keep the exact same order as last night, which produced more results for Grandal and Mancada than at the beginning when they had their roles reversed. Mancada will go down to the five spot again in the order, and Grandal up in the two spot, at least for now. This one is fouled off in the next pitch on the way. And the 10th pitch of the at-bat for Bieber is ball four. And Tim Anderson goes 90 feet down, where the White Sox are currently eight for eight stolen bases through the first five games of the regular season. A perfect record stealing bases, and they are running. Anderson has four stolen bases and is atop the league lead in the American League right now. Rondell takes the first pitch inside, ball one. As we said, Bieber had to use a lot of pitches just to walk Anderson. That's what you want from a leadoff hitter. If he's not going to get on base with a hit, waste a lot of pitches. Not only did he waste a lot of pitches, he got walked. And now it's 2-0. Bieber having a problem finding the plate early after a masterful performance just five or six days ago on opening day here in Cleveland. Bieber sets with a 2-0 count, the pitch on the way. And that is high inside the strike zone, though. 2-1 the count. Shane Bieber becomes the ace of the staff following Corey Kluber's injury that kept him out for most of last year and then the subsequent trade in which they sent him down to Texas. And if you would have told me just two years ago that Corey Kluber would not be the ace of the Indians, I would have told you you were crazy as this one is fouled off down the first base line on the ground, 2-2 two and two the count. Anderson's still standing over at first base. Sox have been picky about when they steal. This pitch on the way, it's outside for ball three. And we have a full count with Jose Abreu hitting 389 in this young season, standing on deck. Bieber sets and readies for the pitch. Matt is fouled down the left field line. It went out just over the foul line into the stands. The stands get very close to the foul line here in Progressive when you get to the deep outfield parts. And this one is swung on and driven deep. If it's fair, it's gone. It is fouled on the right field line. The next pitch on the way, chopped to second base. The only play is over at first. Anderson will advance 90 feet to second base. Grandal went down to one knee on the pitch before that as it sailed about two feet to the foul side of the foul pole on right field. He almost had a two-run home run. Instead, he advances Anderson on a ground out for three. And Jose Abreu comes up to the plate hitting 389 on this young season with Tim Anderson standing on second base. Bieber looks back and then delivers inside knuckle curve. He has the knuckle curve, does Shane Bieber. He brings it out from time to time, and he gets a first pitch strike on Abreu. The next pitch on the way, and he throws a slider that looks so familiar to that knuckle curve, he puts it in the same side of the plate, but this one finishes up higher, and it keeps Abreu frozen 0-2 the count. Next pitch is outside, ball one. One and two the count as I sip my first of what will be many Miller Lights up here in the broadcast booth today. Kids are driving me nuts. Thank God we have baseball. I have baseball to broadcast. You have baseball to listen to. And I think that will keep many children from being locked in their room for days at a time. 
Two and two the count to Abreu and the pitch on the way. Oh, he's called on a low inside pitch. He does not like the call, but he's going to go back to the dugout, and there's two gone. Borderline call, but I think the ump got it right. Abreu is either frustrated with himself, frustrated with the umpire, or both. There are two outs here in the top of the first inning for Aloy Jimenez. And he has the first pitch taken for a strike, slider on the outside portion of the plate. Aloy has the most amazing stats early on in this in this season. He's hitting 250, but he's got four home runs, six RBIs. He's got an OBP of over 1,400 because of all the walks and all the home runs. 0-2 the count now after he fouls off the next pitch and the third pitch on the way. Swung on and missed, and Bieber sits him down on three pitches. So Anderson gets on base with a walk. The White Sox unable to capitalize. We go to the bottom of the first. No score in Cleveland. Lucas Giolito takes the mound. He only pitched four innings on opening day and gave up four runs on five hits. He also walked four. He had a laborious first game for the White Sox, who were still able to pull out that game 7-6 to six behind some heroics. Aloy Jimenez and Yasmani Grandal going deep in that game against Kansas City last week. And now Cesar Hernandez steps up and Giolito saying before the game he is determined to have a better effort today. This first pitch is low. Ball one. These two teams separated by one game in the standings. It's early. Not something to get excited about. But handing the Indians their first loss last night must have felt good for the White Sox. The pitch on the way. This one is low fastball. Ball two. Same spot. Both pitches. Both balls. This pitch is high now for ball three. And Giolito not starting off the way that you wanted him to start off after what he did in his first game, but it's early. 3-0 count now, though, to the leadoff hitter, Hernandez, hitting 238. That pitch is a get-me-over fastball, but it gets over 3-1 the count. There has to be some pressure on Giolito. A lot of people wondering if last year was a fluke or if the year before was the fluke. As this one is fouled off down the third base line, he comes into the season clearly the ace, but that's a lot to put on a man's shoulders. He has a good attitude as this one is fouled off. And if you ask me personally, I think he's going to respond in 2020 positively. This pitch is low and it's fouled off. 81 mile an hour circle change. Pitch number eight to the leadoff hitter with a full count on the way. And that is fouled off down the first base line. Hernandez hanging in there. Next pitch on the way. And that is a high ball four. Borderline call across the letters. He does not get it. Giolito has walked the first batter just like his counterpart Shane Bieber did. Now Bieber came back from it and got out of the inning not letting that batter get anywhere past second base. What will Giolito do as Oscar Mercado steps in hitting 250 on this young season and takes a low fastball for a strike at the knees. Mercado's got three RBIs over the last five games. He has gotten hits when they matter for the Indians. Giolito with the pitch. That is high. Ball one. Much like on opening day, when Giolito misses, he really misses. Seems to think batters are going to reach for it. They do not, though. Mercado falls off the third offering down the first base line. The next pitch is inside. Two and two the count. The pitch. Chopped to Mancata. Flips to second. Over to first. Five to four to three. And the White Sox wrap him up. And there's two outs in the first inning. And that's just what the doctor ordered for Lucas Giolito. That was low on the outside part of the plate. Probably would have been called a strike. And the 2019 Gold Glove winner at shortstop 
Francisco Lindor steps up to the plate. First pitch is outside part of the plate, 84-mile-an-hour slider for strike one. 5-for-12 lifetime against Lucas Giolito. But Lindor has struggled against the White Sox pitchers in this series. His average is up close to 400 when we started. It's at 263 right now. Those averages fluctuate a lot, though, in the early part of the season. One and two the count on a foul, and the next pitch on the way, and that is also fouled down the third base line. Giolito with pitch number 19 here in the first inning to Lindor. Ground ball into the shortstop area, but fielded by Moncada because of a shift that was on, so he fields that ball at short, right where Anderson would have been standing, and he throws it across to Abreu for the third out of the inning. No score, end of first. That last play by Moncada is going to officially be a 5-3, to three, even though he threw it from the sixth position on the field on your scorecard because he's playing third base on a big shift. But it worked out for the Sox. He steps in now and takes ball one outside. Three for four with a home run and an RBI last night. Up until then, he had been 0 for 15. Inside high fastball strike one, one and one the count to Yoan Moncada. The pitch. Low outside change, strike two, one and two the count. Over the last three days, you've seen Yoan offer only to good pitches inside the zone. He was having a problem early on with his eye that seems to have been corrected as he takes a close inside pitch for ball two. The eye seems to have returned. I don't know what was going on with him in the first few games of the season, but it is back. Two and two the count here. As he lifts one deep into right field. Right fielder back. It's going to go off the wall. Moncada's already on his way to second base. He will hold it two as the ball comes into the cutoff man. He's got a double. And whatever happened to Yoan Moncada early on in the year, things have changed. He takes one off the shoelaces on the inner part of the plate. And he puts that right off the midway part of the wall in left field over the outreach glove of the Indians defender. Edwin Encarnacion comes up with Moncada on second base. Bieber looks back and then throws a high ball one, one to know the count. Encarnacion has had a few moments so far early on in the season, but is only hitting 200 at this point. And he's been sitting in the sixth spot for the White Sox, playing DH. Renteria spoke about the possibility of putting Encarnacion over at first base for the first game in Boston tomorrow. If only to get more involved in the game and hope the bat will start to wake up. He's been hesitant, though, because Abreu has been hitting so well for the team, you don't want to mess up somebody else. An outside corner strike, and then a foul ball down the third base line has made the count 2-2. Two and two. Mancata still at second in the pitch on the way. This one's low, 3-2 and two the count now. It is full with Nomar Mazzara standing on deck behind Edwin Encarnacion. No outs in the top of the second with one on for the White Sox. No score. This pitch is outside. Encarnacion will take a walk down the first base. And the Sox have two on with no out. They are at the bottom of their lineup with the 7, 8, 9 hitters up. But there is plenty of opportunity here to scratch across a run or two. And Mazzara, although he's only hitting 211 early in the season, already has four RBIs. He's hitting 500 with runners on base. He's got two on now. One of them in scoring position in Mancata. That pitch is low and inside. Ball one is Bieber labors. Indians crowd more out here today. This one is way out in the left field to the track and caught. That's one out. But the runner Mancata will actually use his speed and advance to third. And we have first and third with one out as Mazzara lifts that one out to the track. 
And Luis Robert comes up. He's got four RBIs as well through the first five games. And he's got a runner 90 feet away on third base with one out. The pitch from Bieber down the middle, 87-mile-an-hour slider for strike one. The fans in Cleveland, there are more of them out here because it's not raining. It's bright out. Teams are getting away today, so the teams that didn't have opening day can open up on Thursday. So where normally a getaway day would be on a Thursday, it's getaway day on a Wednesday with a day game, the sun out, and there's people out today, at least in this ballpark. And Bieber strikes out Robert on a vicious outside slider to tail the way, and he went for it. And that young man has been fooled on that type of pitch now a few times early on in the season. Bieber's seen the tape. He's got two outs in first and third with Leary Garcia up now, and the Sox need to try to get one of these runs across. This one is past the second baseman. Moncada will score on a base hit by Leary Garcia on the first swing of the at-bat, and he pumps his fist towards the White Sox dugout as if to say, let's take this series just like we took one from Kansas City, and the White Sox lead early here, one to nothing. He put that in between the first and second baseman. There was no chance. Hard hit. Couple of hops and it was into the outfield. As Tim Anderson stands in. He walked in the first. He's got a five-game hitting streak through the first five games of this season. And now would be a great time to get that hitting streak extended. And drive in. Edwin and Encarnacion from second base. This is a base hit. It's going to fall in front of the left fielder. Encarnacion will hold a third as it's gotten in quickly. But the White Sox now with back-to-back hits with two outs have a runner in and the base is loaded for Yasmani Grandal as Bieber gets ready to throw his 45th pitch of the game here in the top of the second inning. That one is inside ball one. Encarnacion at third. Garcia at second. Anderson at first. Grandal at the plate. The pitch. Fastball down the middle. Take it for a strike. One and one. That was your pitch. Last game, one for four with a double and an RBI. I'd love to see a double here with Anderson on first that would likely clear the bases and give the White Sox a four spot here in the top of the second inning. It's one nothing now. Sacks packed with socks. The 1-1 pitch to Grandal. That is popped up and caught in foul territory by Jose Ramirez. And the Indians escape, but not before the White Sox get a run on three hits here in the top of the second inning. We go to the bottom of the second. White Sox one. Cleveland on the way up with nothing. Indians escape a big threat in the second inning, and Fran Mel Reyes comes up to the plate, hitting 313 here on this young season. Lucas Giolito hoping to have a more efficient second inning. His counterpart is 45 or 46 pitches in already. Throws the first one outside for a ball, the second offering on the way. That one is fouled back. One and one the count. Giolito takes the sign into the wind and the pitch. That is fouled down the first baseline on an outside fastball that Ray has got a piece of. The next pitch on the way. This one is lifted into the gap in left center field. Jimenez on his horse to the wall. He will make the catch and bounce off the progressive field sign. He caught that on the track on the move. He took the padding well. Bounces off and gets that ball in. He's fine. He beat Robert to the spot. Obviously, he does not like getting beaten to the gap spots like uh, he's been beaten so far this season by Luis Robert. They're laughing out there because Jimenez beat his fast center fielder, his speedy center fielder, all the way back there in the gap. A long out. First pitch is a ball to Jose Ramirez. 
1-0 the count to him with one out in the bottom of the second. Next pitch inside, ball two. Lucas Giolito looking to have an efficient inning and power through more than four innings like his last start. The next pitch is a changeup taken for a strike. Two and one the count. Giolito looks in. Grandal the sign and the pitch on the way. High fastball strike two, two and two the count. Folks, now would be a good time for you to go on Grubhub and order some food from Cork and Carry at the park. And if you're confused on how to use Grubhub, make it simple. Just put in Cork and Carry at the park. Com, and then when you click on the menu, you'll have the option to order through Grubhub. Support them while their doors are closed so that they are still around when the doors can open back up again. Three and two, the pitch. And this one is grounded to Garcia on the grass he was playing in a shift. He will field it, throw across his body as his body was being pulled towards second base and get it to Abreu in plenty of time for the second out of the inning. And Tyler Naquin, who had a home run last night, the only run that the Indians had, all evening, steps up and takes an inside ball one. Carlos Santana on deck. Giolito would rather save him until the third inning. The pitch on the way. And this one is lifted into left field. Jimenez moves two steps over to his left, puts his glove up, can a corn, and the Indians go one, two, three. At the end of two, Sacks one. Indians nothing. Top of the third inning here at Progressive Field. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you're listening to a simulated White Sox broadcast from Sox in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. My buddy Dave and I normally sit down in my nine-foot homemade oak bar and talk White Sox. We do it every Wednesday, and right before the world went upside down, we announced we were going to start doing Saturday shows as well, and we will go back to that format. But for now, we're trying to bring you some joy and a chance to get away from the troubles of the world for about 90 minutes a day following the exact schedule the White Sox would have followed and simulating with MLB the show. Jose Abreu steps up to the plate, 0 for 1 in this game. And Bieber with his 48th pitch to lead off the third inning. Outside slider, ball one. Abreu was a silver slugger back in 2018 and has hit well to start off this 2020 season as this one is chopped. Hard play by the second baseman. He's going to throw across his body coming in on the infield grass and get Abreu by about two steps. Out number one, Aloy Jimenez steps up to the plate. Four for 17 this season with four home runs. Jimenez, although he has provided fireworks early, has become kind of a problem in the four spot here in Cleveland. Did great against Kansas City, continued it in the first game against the Indians, even though the White Sox lost. But that average continues to drop because he's only got the four home runs, and then he's got a bunch of walks. I guess if you're going to get on base... It's not too bad now, but he's going to have to start hitting. He's 1-2 and two right now with Bieber bringing the fourth pitch of the at-bat to him. He's going to foul this one back. 1-2 one and two remains the count with one out in the top of the third. The pitch from Bieber. Taken. Outside low knuckle curve. Jimenez looked like he was going to go for it. He checks it up. 2-2 two and two the count. The pitch. Swings and misses right through a four-seam fastball right down the middle. I don't know how you're not seeing the ball well enough to put the bat on that. And Jimenez has gone from being one of the hottest hitters in baseball to having some problems over the last couple of days. Here's a guy, though, that's woken up from his funk right behind him, Yohan Moncada. One for one in the game, and the pitch on the way from Bieber. And that is inside for ball one. What's incredible is you can actually draw a very interesting contrast, although I don't think it's the reason, as the Indians shift to the right side of the field for Moncada. Moncada has started to light it up over the last couple of games, and Jimenez has been doing nothing in the four spot. Now, if you think about it, Jimenez now has a different guy behind him. 
He doesn't have Grandal behind him. He has Moncada, but Moncada's hitting. So this is what happens early on in the season with a manager trying to figure out the right combination in terms of his lineup and trying not to overreact as Moncada goes to 3-0. The eye has returned sitting in the five spot, the eye that was missing for the first few games of the season. This one is low, ball four. He walked him on four straight pitches. So Yohan Moncada goes down the first base with two outs here in the top of the third and Edwin Encarnacion coming to the plate. Bieber sets his 60th pitch of the game here in the top of the third. Moncada goes. Fastball strike. Play at second. And he is out on the steal. So the White Sox entered the game 8 for 8 on stolen bases. And now they are 8 for 9 as the inning ends with two outs. And Moncada trying to get to second base. They should review that one. He looks safe to me. As we start the bottom of the third inning, going back to the Moncada stolen base, it was clear to us up here that Moncada was safe. The White Sox didn't challenge the play. I think they would have gotten something if they tried to. As Giolito quickly gets two strikes to his first batter of the inning, Carlos Santana. But the White Sox probably should still be in the top of the third. But this is baseball. It's imperfect. And something imperfect just happened there. Next pitch is in the dirt. One and two the count. Bob in the third inning. White Sox leading one to nothing against the Cleveland Indians here in progressive field. The next pitch is also a ball. Two and two the count. To Carlos Santana hitting 267 at this point in the season. Domingo Santana is up next. There's a lot of Santanas on this team. And the pitch on the way. And that one is fouled off down the third base line. The next pitch. And he swings at a low fastball inside on the plate. And he misses big time. Strike three. And Giolito sits him down. Domingo Santana comes up. And folks, I want to remind you about family waterproofing solutions. Family Waterproofing Solutions signed on through the 2020 season with Socks in the basement as a proud advertiser as this one's outside for ball one. Ken's a veteran. U.S. Marines. Maria's his wife. They run the business together. Veteran-owned, female-owned, and also sitting their employees down even though they are deemed an essential business and paying them to stay at home and giving them their health benefits. But they are still, as that is ball too low to Santana, still taking estimates right now. And they will do a virtual estimate with you, talk to you on the phone, do some video with you. You can show them what's going on in your basement. You can tell them what's going on with your sub pump. You could be getting seepage. You could be getting water. You got plenty of time down there. You might as well go take a look and have them look with you. It's a free estimate. What else do you have to do? Three and one the count to Domingo Santana with one out here in the bottom of the third. And right now, socks in the basement listeners, that means you, if you call up, and tell them you want the Socks in the Basement deals, they have a list, a list of offers for you. As this one is flied out into right field, Mazzaro underneath it, out number two. Sandy Leone steps up to the plate. He's the nine hitter today. Had an eight-year career between the Nationals, the Red Sox, and now the Indians. And catching in today's game. 0-2 quickly on two swinging strikes. The next pitch on the way. Outside for a ball. Talking about some of those deals you can get. One foundation crack repair bought, you get the second one 50% off. And or the same with carbon fiber stabilization straps if you need to make those repairs. Free sump pump and battery pump with the purchase of an interior drain tile system. Listen, the deals go on. They also have designated family days and they're giving 20% off all services when you schedule work on those days. They'll tell you all about it. Give them a call, 708-330-4466 or visit F-A-M-W-S. Com. Lots more deals out there for Sacks in the Basement listeners. And after going 0-2 to Leon, 
Giolito walks him. He had the Indians here, one, two, three. He's been very efficient. He gets the number nine hitter, 0-2, oh and, and nibbles and nibbles and nibbles, and he nibbles four straight pitches all out of the zone, and that will make Don Cooper's head explode. So now they flip the order. Cesar Hernandez comes to the plate with a base runner on first. The pitch on the way. To call the guy on first slow would be an understatement. MLB The Show gives him a speed ranking of zero. <laughs> I've never even seen that before. And a steal percentage of 4%. So that pitch is a ball, and the next pitch is low for a ball, 2-0 to count. If you're playing Stratomatic Baseball, he steals W. That's terrible. Cesar Hernandez with the third pitch on the way, skies this one out into the left center field gap. Jimenez on his horse gets over and makes the catch. Calls off Robert. Those two are giggling again. Obviously, Jimenez told Luis Robert, you let me cover my part of the field, young man. White Sox out of the inning. We go to the top of the fourth. one nothing Sox. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife, Maria making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. During the current health crisis, Ken and Maria decided to pay each and every one of their workers, secure their jobs, and continue to give them health care from home. And while they're not currently going out and doing jobs, they will still give you an estimate and jump on and do a video consultation right now. Plus, part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. Beautiful day out here in Cleveland. We go to Boston tomorrow. Don Paul will be joining us throughout the series. This one is high and inside ball one to Edwin Encarnacion, who has over 1,800 hits in 15 seasons of Major League Baseball. The next pitch is a high inside corner strike one. One and one the count here in the top of the fourth. The Sacks up one to nothing. Next pitch outside, two and one. Don Paul from Evergreen Park, Illinois, on the south side of Chicago, got to play baseball for his childhood team and in several other stops around Major League Baseball. He's now an ambassador for the Chicago White Sox, and he will be joining us on these broadcasts all weekend long for the entire Boston series. This one is fouled back, two and two the count. I know Don's excited about it. I told him about this concept. He thought it was great. The next pitch is sky down the third base line, hooking foul into the stands. Two and two to Encarnacion. Top of the fourth. This one is fouled back, and Bieber, Bieber looks like if he's on a pitch count where he wants to finish with between like 90 to 100 pitches, he may pitch five. He may. This one is ripped out into right field. It's carrying towards the wall, and it hits the top of the wall and bounces over. Hits the top of the wall and bounces over for Encarnacion. 356 feet exactly. As it gets out of here at 101 miles per hour, and Edwin Encarnacion... Hits a solo shot to right field that hits the top of the wall and goes over for his first home run for the White Sox and his first home run of the season, of course. And good for him. Got underneath that one. Right fielder 
was playing closer to center field, so he's giving chase to something. He felt like it was going to stay in the ballpark. I kind of felt so, too. I thought it might be off the wall or hit the track. It was definitely going to be a base hit because they were in a shift, and they were caught completely out of position because that was hit straight up to where the right fielder would normally stand, but he was way over, and it was well over his head. And, of course, over his head enough that it cleared the ballpark fence. Nomar Mazara steps in. He's already 1-1. One one. He was 1-4 one for four yesterday with a double. Sacks lead 2-0 here in the top of the fourth inning. Bieber with the pitch. Low in the dirt. Ball two. Bieber has labored after having a great game on opening day for the Indians. This one's outside. Misses the play 3-1 to Mazzara with Luis Robert on deck. The pitch from Bieber. And that is low for ball four. Bieber had the kind of game that Reynaldo Lopez had last night, which gives you hope for that young man. And Bieber's line is pretty similar to what Lopez did, and they both had great outings, their first outings of the season. But Bieber here in his second outing against the White Sox has pitched 72 pitches. He has no outs here in the fourth inning. He's already got a run here in here in the fourth, two total for the game. And Mazzara's 90 feet down the first base line, standing at first, after being walked, and Robert chops this one up the middle, gloved by the second baseman over second base. He steps on second, throws the first for the unassisted double play on the first pitch. That was a heads-up play. He snow-coned that one. He just barely got it. I thought that was going to get through. It does not get through, and a great play there. And the Indians get two, and only one player had to do the work. As Leary Garcia comes to the plate, one for one with a single and an RBI. Asked Ricky Renteria if he was going to get Danny Mendick in in this series, like he did in the opening series. And Renteria looked at me and said, not the way that Leary has been hitting. Last four games, 300 average. He's had a few RBIs. He's scored a few runs. He's doing a great job down there in the ninth spot. And without the error on opening day that extended the ninth inning and luckily didn't cost the White Sox anything big, he's been nearly flawless over at second base and flashing the leather. He swings through that pitch, one and two the count, top of the fourth with two outs, and Bieber delivers. High pitch, ball two, two and two the count. The double play has been really one of the things that have helped Bieber out because without those, he would be in even bigger trouble than he's been. And the fact that he has labored so much and the White Sox only have two runs and they've had runners all over the bases shows that he's had a little bit of luck and he's dug down deep at times. And this is an ace. Ace pitchers do not fold. Three and two the count on a low pitch. The next one is ripped in the right field for a base hit, bouncing twice before it gets to the charging right fielder. And Leary Garcia's got a second hit of the game standing over on first base. Bieber has already pitched 80 pitches here in the fourth inning, and his pitching coach wants to come out and talk with him as Tim Anderson gets ready to come up for the third time today. He's one for one. It's on a six-game hit streak. He walked as well earlier on in this game. He's got a runner on first. The White Sox have been running a lot on the Indians with success. They also are probably telling the catcher, watch Leary Garcia. Garcia is still holding at first base. The first pitch is thrown high for a ball, 1-0 the count. Bieber sets, and the pitch on the way. That one is fouled off down the first base line. Shane Bieber in this inning, 22 pitches thrown, 10 for balls, 12 for strikes. The pitch. Low for a ball on a four-seam fastball. 2-1 the count. 2-0 White Sox, top of the fourth. Two outs, runner on first. Anderson swings at an outside slider, and the count evens at two. Story of the day today has been that the White Sox have hit 
The White Sox have gotten on base. The White Sox have gotten a few runs, but really should have more as this one is ripped into the right center field gap. That's going to get down. It rolls to the wall. Garcia's coming around third. He's going to score. Anderson holds his second base with a double, and the White Sox lead it three to nothing here in the top of the fourth inning. That almost got out. Just a deep, deep section of the ballpark here in Progressive. That would have been out in other stadiums. As this first one to Grandal is fouled off to the third base side. He's only 4 for 22 this season, and he's 0 for 2 in this game. I would expect to see James McCann in tomorrow. Not only because Grandal has done the last three games, but he needs a break to clear his head at the plate. Inside pitch, ball one. One and one the count with Anderson at second base. Three runs in so far in this game here in the top of the fourth for the White Sox. Two outs right now in this inning. The pitch, low, ball two, two and one the count. And Jose Abreu is on deck, and Adam Plutko is warming up already in the Indians' bullpen. Baseball is a fickle game. You can have a great start and then come out and have a rough one. That's what's happening to Shane Bieber as this one is inside. Fastball called right on the corner of the plate, two and two the count. Rondal looking to get the demons out of his head at the plate right now. The pitch on the way is this one is skied in the right field. It's going to go to the wall. He looks up, and that ball is gone. Two-run bomb, 380 feet for Yasmani Grandal. Exited at 102.3 miles per hour from the ballpark. Anderson touches home. Grandal comes home. They slap high fives. Everybody's happy. The White Sox busting it open here in the fourth inning. Have two home runs in this inning. As that ball was a towering shot. And now it's 5-0 White Sox. Here in the top of the fourth inning, they have a very disappointing 10-inning contest where the Indians come back on the first game of the series, and the Sox take it to them last night, and they're taking it to them again today. White Sox looking good, and a win today would tie them with the Indians atop the division. 0-1 the count to Abreu, the pitch. This one is down the line, fair ball over the top of third base. Abreu is going for two, the throw in, and he is out. I think he got a little too excited. That ball was a line shot down third base. It did not rattle in the corner as they tend to do. Instead, it just immediately careened off the wall right into the left fielder's glove, and he makes a perfect throw in a second to get Abreu trying to stretch a single into a double. Sox lead 5-0 going into the bottom of the fourth, and Oscar Mercado takes the first pitch from Lucas Giolito and fouls it straight back. Likely, Shane Bieber is done. He has pitched a lot of innings, and the White Sox got to him in the bottom of the fourth, but you never know what the Indians are going to do with their pitching staff at this point. He may be out there for one more inning. I can't imagine more than that. And we have a 1-1 count on an inside fastball, and the third pitch of the at-bat on the way. And that one is off the glove of Abreu and will bounce into right field. Mazzara gets the ball and gets it in quickly. That was a line shot that was dropping as it got to Abreu. He just, it caught his arm more than it caught the glove, and it just pops into uh, into right field. I don't think it ever touched the ground, so if Mazzaro would have been a little bit closer, he might have been able to catch it on a fly. It would been interesting if they would have called him out as the ball bounced off of Abreu in the right field, but it did fall in, and it'll go down as a hit. Lindor, 0 for 1 in this game, having a rough series against the Sox, steps in with the runner. Abreu takes a one-hopper, throws it to Anderson, back to Giolito covering first on a perfect 
to six to one. Double play. Abreu catches that ball running towards second base on the one hop, throws it across, hits Anderson. Giolito smartly runs behind Abreu as he's making the throw, gets the first and plays first base. And the Sacks get the double play and quickly two out here on the bottom of the fourth. Lucas has a five-run lead, and he's still hustling like that. There's a guy who wants to make up for the way he played in the first game of this season. And his team still won that game. But he was determined before the game today to have a big game. I'm telling you right now, he wants to go out and pitch three or four more innings here and make a statement. He throws three fastballs, all three of them barely missing the zone, to Jose Ramirez, and he's 3-0 here with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. He's working quickly, and I'm sorry, it's Fran Mill Reyes. I was looking at who was on deck. Fran Mill Reyes is up at the plate. Get me over fastball. Three and one the count to Reyes. Ramirez is next. That pitch is chopped foul. Giolito comes back and has Reyes now three and two with two outs in the bottom of the fourth inning and a five-nothing lead and nobody on base. And that one's in the dirt. And that is going to be ball four. Reyes ran like it was a draft third strike, which is funny because he never swung. He was in a hurry to get down there to first base. Now Jose Ramirez comes up. 0 for 1 with a ground out in the second. He's 9 for 21 this season, hitting 429. That's a quick start for him as he is habitually a slow starter. Giolito would like to slow him down a little bit with a runner on first. This one is called a ball borderline pitch lower outer part of the plate. 1-0 the count. The pitch. Inside in the dirt ball two and Giolito now. Maybe he got worn out running over to first base. He's had a hard time finding the strike zone ever since he helped out with that intricate double play earlier in this inning. This pitch almost hits Ramirez. 3-0 the count. So he went 3-0 to Reyes. He's 3-0 now to Ramirez. And all of a sudden the wheels may be coming off for Lucas Giolito. This one is ball four. He threw a curveball that stayed out of the zone, and he walks him on four pitches. And the Indians have something going here with two outs here in the bottom of the fourth inning. As Lucas Giolito needs a breather of sorts. And his pitching coach is going to come out and talk to him for a minute and just give him a chance to rev back up again. Don Cooper talks with Giolito. He's going to head back into the dugout. Lucas Giolito faces Tyler Naquin. 0 for 1 in this game, and this is pitch number 67 for Giolito with two outs in the fourth, and it's skied into the left center field gap. It's going to fall in between them, but get cut down before it gets to the wall. Robert tosses the ball into the cutoff man. The runner is going to come around from second and score, Santana. The Indians have a run in first and second on a Naquin single, but if not for Luis Robert's speed, if it would have gotten by him, it was rolling. We'd have a much different situation here. So the talk on the mound got a strike, but that strike was hit. Fran Mill Reyes scored. And now here's Santana, Carlos Santana, to the plate. One and one the count quickly. Two outs, bottom of the fourth. 5-1 White Sox, but two on. Giolito put a runner on, then there was a double play. One and two the count now. Then he walks two batters. After a mound visit, gives up a single that scores one run. Two and two the count now. That one's outside, ball three, full count with Domingo Santana on the mound. And Lucas Giolito struggling as they start to beat the drums here in progressive field, hoping their team can crawl back in this and make it a game. Sachs just had a big inning. This is what happened to Giolito 
in the first game of the season. The Sox hit a four-run inning for him in the bottom of the first. He came out and looked terrible in the second. And this one, he puts by Santana on a swinging strike, pumps his fist and goes in, and no, sir, this will not be a repeat of opening day. Giolito shuts him down at the end of four. Sacks five, Indians one, Jimenez up next. Adam Plutko comes in here. This is his fourth appearance of the season. Sacks have seen him already in this series. They saw him last night, actually. Loya Minez comes up, 4 for 18 now on the season. That just keeps getting worse. And Loya's got to figure it out. Bat in the four hole. I know you have those big four bombs, but you got to do more than that there, big man. As this one is cracked, and it will lay up there into left field for the first out. Can of corn out there. Shane Bieber, 92 pitches over only four innings. Five earned runs, four strikeouts, four walks. Eight hits given up. And he labored. The Sox lead 5-1. to one. Yohan Moncada steps to the plate. He's one for one in this game. And has been playing well in this series overall. This one is grounded to second, bobbled. The throw to first, they get him by half a step. Half a step they get him. And that's two outs here in the top of the fifth. Encarnacion takes the first pitch. Low, fastball, 1-0. Plutko was effective last night when he came in. The Sox have been hitting the ball really well. He did a good job of eating up some inning and getting us towards the end of the game. Luckily, the Sox led at that point by enough and were able to put the game away. Inside called strike, 2-1 and one the count, the pitch on the way. That one is chopped foul, 2-2. Two and two. Encarnacion, 1-for-1 one one in this game, has a walk. This one is chopped foul down the third base line, 2-2 two two the count. Top of the fifth, two outs. This pitch is high and outside for ball three, three and two the count. Sox lead 5-1 here in the top of the fifth. Currently sitting at a record of 3-2. And, and in this series, both teams have won a game. And this is the, the game that will decide who wins the series. This is fouled off down the third base line. And will reset. The pitch on the way. Outside called strike three. Encarnacion stands at the plate. He hasn't even left the batter's box yet. Just shaking his head. As we go to the bottom of the fifth, Sox lead 5-1. Five runs on eight hits for the White Sox. One run on two hits for the Indians. Remember to check out Cork and Carry at the Park at corkandcarryatthepark.com. Order through Grubhub. Get some great ballpark food. Crack open a beer. Pour yourself a drink. Get a nice Chardonnay, whatever's your taste. And enjoy a White Sox simulated season. And you know the schedule of games. We're just following the MLB schedule. As Domingo Santana steps up, 0-for-1 with a fly out in the third, hitting 3-for-19 on the season. And Lucas Giolito starts off the bottom of the fifth inning with 73 pitches already underneath his belt. The pitch on the way. Remember, it's corkandcarryatthepark.com or just look them up on your Grubhub app. Pitch number one is a strike. Pitch number two is high for a ball. 1-1 one one the count. The pitch from Giolito. And that is a line shot over the head of Abreu. It's going to curve into the corner and rattle around in the right field corner. Mazzara on his horse will throw in a second. The play at second is close, but he is safe. Diving in head first underneath the tag. And Domingo Santana has got a nice double down into the right field corner. And as he turned the run for second, I think he was surprised at how quick Mazzara got there. He's got an arm. People question the range of Nomar Mazzara, but he does have an arm 
and he almost got him. Throwing from the absolute furthest distance he could, the right field corner right up against the wall when he picks up that ball. So no outs. The leadoff hitter is on second. And Sandy Leon is up. Skies this one into dead center field. Robert takes one step back, puts down the shade, steps forward and catches it, and quickly throws that directly to Moncada on a fly at third, as if to explain to Domingo Santana, you will not pass. You will not advance 90 feet. Don't even think about it. One out to Cesar Hernandez, who skies this one into center. Robert on his horse comes in further, catches it, and now throws the second quickly to try to get the base runner. He wants to make sure Santana knows you are not going to advance, and there's two outs. Oscar Mercado comes up to the plate now with two outs here in the bottom of the fifth, and the pitch from Giolito. And that's a circle change, ends up right in the middle of the plate for strike one. Mercado's one for two in this game. The pitch from Giolito fouled off down the first base line. He's quickly 0-2 with two outs in the bottom of the fifth and a runner on second base. 5-1 White Sox. Giolito has 80 pitches so far in this game. Throws this one outside for a ball, 1-2 the count. The Giants lead the Diamondbacks 2-0 right now in the fifth inning. The Rockies will host the Dodgers later on. And Atlanta will play the Padres. Hamels versus Lamette. This one is high for a ball, three and two the count with Francisco Lindor on deck. He has not been hitting well, but you do not want to put a runner on here and give a guy like Lindor the opportunity to get out of his funk and pull the Indians back into this game. Three, two pitch, swung on outside pitch out of the zone for strike three, a beautifully wicked pitch, a slider from Giolito, and he's out of the inning. At the end of five, the White Sox still lead it, five to one. Leading off the top of the sixth for the White Sox will be Nomar Mazara. 0 for 1, he's got a walk in the fourth. 4 for 20 so far in the season. Sox have scored some runs this year, but they've got some guys that are hitting the tower out of the ball and some guys that are still trying to figure it out, and that's to be expected. There's a reason why when you go to the ballpark, as this one is fouled off down the first baseline for strike one, there's a reason when you go out to the ballpark, you don't see a lot of averages posted for the first couple months of the year. Or in the case of Adam Dunn for an entire season. Let's not forget that. Never forget that. That one is a ball. One and one. And the next pitch is inside for ball two. Two and one the count. Crowd has quieted down considerably here in Cleveland. Next pitch is up the middle. But it is grabbed up by the shortstop who is over on a shift. Lindor was playing basically behind second base in the grass. And that ball came right to him. With a regular alignment, it's right up the middle for a base hit. So that'll go down as a 6-3 thrown from the grass behind second base on the shift. And there's one out. Robert fouls off the first pitch before lifting this one in the right field. It'll be an easy fly ball. Luis Robert on two pitches flies out to the right fielder for the second out of the inning here in the top of the sixth. And Leary Garcia, one of the hotter hitters on the White Sox right now, 5-15 for 15 on the season, hitting 333. He's got two hits so far in this game. And has been a catalyst, steps up to the plate, and Plucko delivers a high fastball called the ball. Leary was acquired from the Texas Rangers originally in 2013, as this is a strike, and then spent his time being just one of the guys on a roster while a team had some bad seasons, started a rebuild, and you never thought he was going to make it to this point, but 
He has played well as he hits this one over Lindor, who jumps straight up in the air and makes an extremely athletic play to pluck it out of the sky. He jumps straight up. That man's got hops. Takes away a base hit from Garcia. End of six. 5-1 White Sox. Francisco Lindor ended the top of the six with a highly athletic play where he just leapt as high as he could into the air and stretched out the length that he could stretch out to snow cone a line shot from Leary Garcia and take away a hit. He's 0 for 2 with two ground outs today and 5 for 21 on the season. And he leads off the bottom of the sixth against Lucas Giolito, who sits at 84 pitches as he starts off this inning. That's pitch number 85 right there for strike one on the outside portion of the plate. Giolito into the wind in the pitch. And that's low. Ball one, one and one. You're listening to White Sox Simulated Baseball brought to you by the very popular Socks in the Basement podcast found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. And that one is lifted out to left field. Jimenez running back over the shoulder catch before he gets to the warning track in left field, drifting a little bit towards the center field side, made it look effortless. And that is the first out of the inning. Franmil Reyes comes up to the plate. 0 for 1 with a walk and a run scored. He's the only run that's scored in this game so far for the Indians. As they trail 5-1 of the White Sox here with one out in the bottom of the sixth. Choir from San Diego in the offseason. And goes from a role in which he was getting no at-bats to a role where he's batting fourth in the, uh, in the order. They have a lot of confidence in their acquisition. The pitch on the way, 1-1 one one the count. It's now 2-1 on an inside high fastball. From Giolito. Lucas trying to get the quality start, get through six innings. Turn this over to the bullpen. And he's earned it. He's pitched well today. This one's chopped in front of the plate. Rondal throws the mask, picks it up off the ground, and flips it down the first base for the second out. That one scores 2-3 on your scorecard. And Jose Ramirez steps to the plate here with two outs at the bottom of the sixth. And Giolito delivers. And that one is low in the zone for a strike. Ramirez, 2-for-12 lifetime against Giolito with one strikeout. So he he does put the bat on the ball against him, but he does not have very good results off the bat. Because that one is low, 1-1 one one the count, with two outs here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Giolito into the wind in the pitch. Inside, ball two. The pitch from Giolito. Outside, he swings, and they say he went around. They're going to say he did not check. He tried to check it up on an outside fastball, 2-2 two two the count. The pitch on the way now, and that one is low, 3-2 to Jose Ramirez. Ramirez tried to check up that one, and he could not come around. Home plate umpire wasn't even going to let him appeal. He was like, nope, I saw you, you went. That's a strike. 3-2 and two the count as Giolito goes into his line trying to finish the sixth off, and that one is chopped foul back to the backstop. The next pitch on the way. And then is chopped foul down the third base line into the stands. Three into the count. 5-1 White Sox. Bottom to six. Two outs. And that one is lifted into center field. Can of corn for Luis Robert. He will catch that. And trot in. So through six. The White Sox cruising along behind Lucas Giolito. And some home runs. The top of the order is up to start the seventh. Sox lead 5-1. Dominic Leone comes in. He's had two appearances in the one and two-thirds innings so far. And he'll come in in relief here for the Indians with Nick Wickren, who we've seen in every game so far. And he may come in here later on in this game for the Indians. First pitch to Anderson from Dominic Leone. That's a strike. 
The White Sox have two up in their bullpen as this next pitch is also called a strike and Anderson is quickly 0-2 at the plate. He's 2-for-2 two two in this game with a walk. Looks like the Sox have Evan Marshall and Jimmy Cordero up here with a 5-1 lead in the top of the seventh. And that pitch is outside, 1-2 and two the count. I don't think you'll see Colome unless it's a save situation. He's pitched in two games so far. A save situation which he blew two nights ago and then he comes back in with a little bit of confidence build up and pitches last night in a non-save situation. That one is a strikeout of Anderson. Outside fastball that he chased out of the zone and he will sit down. One out here in the top of the seventh inning. Yasmani Grandal comes to the plate and takes ball one outside. One for three in this game, but that one was a big one. A two-run home run in the fourth inning. He's five for 23 on the season, but he has two home runs so far. And he's done well behind the plate working with White Sox pitchers. He's gotten him through some difficult situations. That framing that we talk about so much has paid off. You see a lot of borderline calls going his way. And he's 3-0 right now with Jose Abreu on deck hitting 381 this season. Like I said earlier, there are some White Sox hitters that are killing the ball right now. And everybody else is still trying to find their legs early on in the season. But he's gotten the White Sox to a 3-2 record and a 5-1 lead here in Game 6 of the season. The next pitch is a strike, and the pitch right after that, outside corner just misses. And Grandal will run 90 feet down and stand on first base with a walk. So with one out in the top of the 7th and Grandal on first, Jose Abreu comes to the plate. Leon delivers. This one is chopped foul. 0-1 the count. Next pitch swung on and missed. 0-2 quickly to Abreu. The pitch. Inside fastball. Offered it and swung at and missed badly. Three pitches, three strikes. And Abreu goes down. He took more time in the on-deck circle than he actually had up in the batter's box. And there's two outs here with Grandal on first and Aloy Jimenez at the plate. Still looking for his first hit that is not a home run. 0 for 3 in this game. 4 for 19 on the season now. You could have called him the hottest hitter in baseball. Even after the first game of this series. But after the home run he hit in game 1 here against the Indians, he has done nothing. And Cleveland has figured out exactly how to pitch to him at this point. 1-1 one one the count on an outside fastball called strike. He swings at this one and fouls it back and is quickly 1-2. Top of the seventh, two out, Sox lead 5-1 with Grandal on first base in the pitch. Inside ball two, two and two the count. Grandal, not a threat to go anywhere. Just one is fouled off down the first base line. The pitch on the way. Called third strike at the knees. Jimenez smacks himself in the head as he walks back. The White Sox have five runs on eight hits. The Indians one on three as we go to the bottom of the seventh inning. Jimmy Cordero will come out. Cordero pitched two games in the Royals series, but we have not seen him yet in this series here in Cleveland. He has three and a third's innings with six strikeouts and a walk. And after a couple days off, he's going to get a chance to work here in the bottom of the seventh inning here at Progressive Field. In the first pitch, high and outside call for a strike on the outer portion of the plate, 0-1 the count. Tyler Naquin at the plate for the Indians. He had a home run yesterday. The only run the Indians scored as this one is fouled. One and two the count. Cordero sets the pitch on the way. Outside, called third strike on a fastball, outer portion of the plate. That's his seventh strikeout of the season. 
through three and two-thirds innings. He's been deadly out there as Carlos Santana comes up 0 for 2 in this game to Jimmy Cordero, who has one out already in the bottom of the seventh. That's a high ball. 1-0 the count. The pitch on the way. Low, ball 2, 2-0. The pitch. Low, ball 3, 3-0 the count with Domingo Santana on deck. That pitch catches the outside corner, and it's 3-1. The pitch. And that sinker also catches the zone, 3-2. Cordero determined, fights back from a 3-0 count to get Carlos Santana full, and the pitch. Inside pitch, ball four, and he walks a base runner. The score at the end of the game yesterday was 5-1. The score currently at the bottom of the seventh inning here in Cleveland is exactly the same, 5-1 White Sox. But the Indians have a base runner, and Domingo Santana coming up with a double into the right field corner this last time up. He's one for two in this game. Jimmy Cordero stands in there, ready to face him. The pitch on the way. Low and outside, ball one. We've seen Cordero a little sharper. He doesn't look bad out there, but he was untouchable with electric stuff at home against Kansas City as this is a strike, one and one the count. 96 miles an hour as it pops the glove. Jimmy Cordero's a big man. Might I say a beautiful man. He's got his 13th pitch on the way. And that one is lifted in the shallow center field. Robert on his horse, sets up underneath it, makes the catch and gets it in quickly as the runner retreats back to first base. We've got two outs in the bottom of the seventh inning. As the number nine hitter, the catcher, Sandy Leon, comes to the plate 0 for 1 on the season. This was his first game of the year. So 0 for 1 in this game, he's got to walk as well. And this one is ripped down the first baseline, curving foul for a long strike. 0 and 1 the count. Two outs, Bob in the seventh. Cordero delivers. Outside sinker, 97 miles an hour. He does not chase. So it's one and one. The base runner does not have a lot of speed. Cordero can work. That's a strike, one and two. The next pitch is fouled off, and it remains one and two. Beautiful sunny afternoon here. Both of these teams going on the road right after this game. This one is fouled off, and Sandy does not want to leave the batter's box. He doesn't get a lot of chances up there in a season. This one's outside for a ball, two and two the count. Jimmy Cordero's had the work. He will pitch his 20th pitch of the inning. He has had to work here, but he's a determined young man, and this one is swung on and chopped as well. It feels like Cordero goes up there with every intention of striking you out, and if you're going to battle him, he's going to battle back. If he doesn't care how many pitches he throws, he is going to get you, and he throws that one by a swinging Sandy Leon. It hits the dirt, so it's a drop third strike. He's thrown out at first base. Cordero gets another strikeout, and the Sox lead 5-1 still at the end of seven. Oliver Perez is going to pitch now for the Indians. 67 appearances last year, 40.2 innings. And with that uh, combination of appearances and innings, here's a guy that generally is used as a loogie as he throws this pitch to Moncada for a swinging strike low in the zone. Evan Marshall's warming up in the White Sox bullpen as the Sox have a 5-1 lead and go to Boston tomorrow for their opening day. So Perez is one of those guys who would normally come in and just face one guy. And the Indians sending him out here in this situation where he's going he's gonna to face a switch-hitting Mancata 
who gets a stand over on the right side. Announced attendance, by the way, today, just over 12,000 fans here at Progressive Field, which is a shame. I know it's a day game. I know it's during the work week. I get it. But it's beautiful outside. And who would turn down the opportunity to go to a ball game right now? Would you? I wouldn't. One and one the count. As this one is flared into center field for a base hit by Juan Mancada. And that's why Perez is used as a loogie. Because Mancada's hitting from the right side of the plate there. And he he made quick work of that pitch. He put it where he wanted to put it. He put it where they weren't. He's standing on first base right now. And Perez will now face the right-handed hitting Edwin Encarnacion. So here's a pitcher who needs to figure out how to pitch the three batters in a row. Maybe that's why they sent him out here for some work in this game. Surprise the Indians would not still be trying to keep the White Sox down because they're only down by four runs here. So it's an interesting decision to send Perez out there. The first pitch is an inside strike. Next pitch, outside ball. Both of them were on the corners. Just one was called a strike and one was not. Mankata with a lead. The pitch is low, 2-1 and one the count. 2-1 count, no outs, top of the eighth inning. Perez checks the runner. Mankata goes. The pitch is down the middle for a strike. And Mankata is safe. Oh, no, that's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. That is the second time we've had a base runner called out today who's clearly on the bag. His whole stomach is on the bag before that ball comes down. And that is a terrible call. I think the umpire just likes throwing the outside. That was a terrible call. The Sox are letting it go, but I'm not letting it go. That was a terrible call as this one is ripped out to right field and caught for out number two. Brutal call there. Second base umpire has something out for White Sox runners. The first one was bang, bang, but it looked like he was safe. The second one, he was clearly safe. I don't know what's going on. Maybe the cameras aren't operating down there and the Sox aren't able to review it quick enough, but that should have been reviewed and that should have been overturned. A brutal call at second base. We have a 5-1 lead, though. As Nomar Mazzara steps up there, and he's 1-1 one one with two outs in the top of the eighth inning. We have not yelled about the umpires through five games, but here in game six, I got to question what's going on out there at second base. It's not a force play. This one is fouled off. It's not a force play. He's got his hands on the bag right around the time the ball hits the second baseman's glove, but the second baseman has got the glove straight up above his head. By the time the glove touches Mancada on his rear end, his whole chest is across the bag. And the umpire's going into his out motion before the glove even gets there. Like, he determined he was out. I've seen some brutal calls in baseball. But Major League Baseball needs to talk to that guy and explain to him the rules. Two and two the count. That's something you would see in a Little League game with some teenager that had never been an umpire before. And doesn't understand that it's not a force out all the time. That's the only explanation I can get. That he found a a machine on a boardwalk like Tom Hanks in the movie Big and he became big and then they made him an umpire. This one is taken out deep to right field and on the run the ball is caught out number three. Maybe that's what he is. Maybe he's Tom Hanks in Big. Terrible call at second. Bob of the eighth. 5-1 sacks with Cesar Hernandez coming to the plate. And Evan Marshall will come in. Marshall's got one appearance, one inning pitched. No strikeouts, one walk. He did not let anybody across and did not give up any hits in his one appearance this season. He will pitch the eighth inning. And depending on how he's feeling out there, maybe he'll pitch the ninth if he's got a four-run lead. We'll see. Inside pitch to an 0-2 Cesar Hernandez for ball one. Next pitch is chopped. Garcia on his horse. 
picks it up off the ground and gets it over to first on a 4-3 putout. And there's one out here in the bottom of the eighth inning as Oscar Mercado comes to the plate. White Sox trying to hold on to take two out of three from the Cleveland Indians who won their first four games of the season, including game one of this series against the Sox on a come-from-behind 10th inning win before the White Sox beat him yesterday 5-1 behind a brilliant performance from Reynaldo Lopez. One strike to Mercado in the next pitch. Ground ball, second base again. Garcia has to go to his right, scoop it, and then make the quick toss, but he gets him. Two solid defensive plays where Garcia had to move quickly and go after the ball to make the play, but he did so with ease. And there's two quick outs for Evan Marshall, which is what you want to see here. And Lindor 0 for 3 with a line out in the sixth inning. And one great defensive play earlier on in the game. Comes to the plate with two outs in the bottom of the eighth and his team trailing by four. Lopez was brilliant yesterday in swirling winds and rain. Had the same final score as what we have right now. And the White Sox bullpen is trying to preserve as this one is a strike on a changeup taken by Lindor. 0-2 the count quickly. Marshall delivers. Outside pitch, he does not chase. 1-2 the count. We have seen everything in this series. The crazy rainstorm, the extra inning game, bad sends at third base, and bad calls at second. As this one is chopped to Garcia, and all three outs were 4-3 putouts. Garcia over to Abreu. And the White Sox get the Indians to go 1-2-3. We go to the top of the ninth with the Sox still leading. 5-1, and Adam Simber, with 68 appearances and 56 innings last year, will come in to pitch the top of the ninth for the Indians. He had a 4.45 earned run average and a whip of 1.32 coming out of the bullpen. Luis Robert is 0-3 in this game and having a rough time. He flew out in the sixth inning. And he comes up to the plate here in the top of the ninth to lead it off. Sacks bullpen is silent right now with the four-run lead. It looks like they will probably send Marshall out. He went very quickly in the eighth, trying to rest up everybody else that's in there. This one is outside, one and one the count. You can see them probably start to warm somebody up in case Marshall has trouble. But it would be one of the good guys then. It's one of your high-end guys because you're only going to bring him in if Marshall gets into so much trouble that you're like, "Uh uh-oh, emergency. We're going to have to crack open the seal on one of our top-end relievers. This one has popped up to second base. Luis Robert had a couple games stretched there where he was hitting, and now he's back to looking like a rookie that the other team has solved one away. Leury Garcia, who has had one heck of a game, he should get some sort of a medal. All the putouts... All the hits today. He's been doing great down there in the nine spot. Two for three on the day today. As he's 1-0 here, the top of the ninth with one out, and the pitch. And this one is low on a sinker. Simber is a sidearm pitcher. Borderline submarine pitcher. With He does have a motion that makes it look like he's crouching down as he pitches, as that one uh, brings the count to 2-1. and one. But as he delivers it, it's it's really more sidearm. He does dip the arm down, but he's not releasing down. So I would call him a sidearm pitcher with a submarine-type motion at the beginning of his pitch. Right-handed pitcher going to the left-handed Garcia. This one is chopped down the line and an easy put-out, 300 assisted. 
And Garcia grabs some bench, and there's two outs in the top of the ninth inning, and Tim Anderson comes up two for three with a walk for his fifth at-bat of the game. And one thing about having T.A. bat at the top of the order, he gets extra at-bats. The man has a six-game hitting streak through the first six games of the season. He won the batting championship last year in the American League. He's two for three tonight. And Cinder wants nothing to do with him right now as the first two pitches are well out of the zone, and he's 2-0. With Yasmani Grandal on deck, the pitch from Simber is a strike, 2-1 the count. He goes again at him, and Anderson offers at a pitch out of the zone. Seems anxious to swing and hit something. He gives him a strike on a swinging strike, and it's 2-2 two two the count with two outs in the top of the ninth. The pitch. Chops that one towards second, scooped up. Second baseman was already running towards the first base side. He makes the easy flip for the third out, 4-3 to three on your scorecard. And we go to the bottom of the ninth with the Sox holding a four-run lead. Reyes, Ramirez, and Naquin will come up for the Indians. Adam Ingle will substitute for Nomar Mazzara out in right field. Evan Marshall will remain in the game. He only had to use eight pitches in the eighth inning to get the Indians to sit down. White Sox have a few players playing toss out in the bullpen right now, but I don't think anybody's going to get out on the mound and actually start warming up unless he gets into some kind of trouble. First pitch is a ball to Fran Mill Reyes, the four-hitter in the lineup, who's 0-4 today. And that is a called strike inside high in the zone. It'll be Reyes and then Jose Ramirez before Tyler Naquin comes up, and hopefully you don't see anybody else. This one's inside and low on a curve, 2-1 the count from Marshall to Reyes. Bob in the ninth inning with a four-run lead. Not a save situation. Ricky Renteria used his bullpen a lot in this series and would prefer not to have to go out and get anybody else. Colome was on the mound to finish the last two games that the White Sox played as this one is lifted out in the right field. Engel underneath it makes the easy catch and there's one gone. Good for Adam Engel. Got to go into the game. Got to make a catch. Nice guy. Met Adam at uh, Soxfest a few years ago. Very conversational guy, very nice guy. Did not seem too annoyed that I walked up and said hi to him in a bar. So I'm in Kitty O'Shea's. I didn't really want to bother him. I just wanted to walk up. I gave him a socks in the basement hat. And I was just going to walk away, and he engaged me in a conversation. And I kept doing that thing where I was like, I didn't want to be in the way of what he was doing. But he's just a very friendly, very affable guy. A lot of people think myself and Dave give him a hard time. It's just one and one to Ramirez, and this pitch is high. Outside, catches enough of the strike zone for a strike. And Ramirez is 1-2 and two against Evan Marshall with one out here in the bottom of the ninth and the Sacks leading 5-1. A lot of people think we give Angle a hard time, but I, I think he's a good guy and I think he's a great reserve. I think he's an excellent reserve player. We rooted for him all offseason to be on this roster. The defense and the speed that he gives you plus the ability to come in and play games as a starter against left-handed hitting and perform makes him a major leaguer in my book, and a nice asset for the White Sox. It's a ground ball over second base, grabbed by Anderson, who was in a shift very easily, and it goes 6-3, shortstop to first base for the second out of the inning. Tyler Naquin steps in with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, takes a strike on the outside corner with the White Sox up 5-1, and Evan Marshall pitching pitch number 20 here in his second inning of work as this one is lifted up into the air, Comes down in Yoan Moncada's glove. A lazy little pop, and the White Sox take two out of three from the Cleveland Indians. 
A 1-2-3 inning for Marshall in the eighth and a 1-2-3 inning in the ninth. Nice job, young man. And the Sox, after losing a heartbreaker in 10, game one of this series, win the next two games against the Indians. And they are 4-2. and two. A nice road series win. They've taken two out of three now from the Royals and two out of three from the Cleveland Indians with a 5-1 victory. Three hits given up by the White Sox pitchers this entire game. The winning pitcher is Lucas Giolito. He improves to 1-0. Yasmani Grandal named the player of the game. One for three with a home run and two RBIs. Caught a good game as well. Giolito, six innings pitched. Three hits. Three strikeouts. One earned run. Four walks were issued. Then the White Sox bullpen comes in. And the unlikely heroes. Although I think Jimmy Cordero's been pitching quite well. Cordero and then Evan Marshall for two innings in the eighth and the ninth. They don't give up any hits. And the White Sox hold on to win this game 5-1. to one. They had a big fourth inning. They put a four spot up on the board. That Grandal home run was a big part of it. Edwin and Carlisian had a home run. That was a big part of the offense today. Edwin went one for three with a home run, an RBI, and a run scored. Tim Anderson two for four with a double, an RBI, and a run. And Leary Garcia two for four with an RBI and a run scored as well. Shane Bieber takes a loss for the Indians. And the White Sox are on their way now to Boston and Fenway Park for the Red Sox home opener. That will be tomorrow. And Don Paul, former White Sox pitcher, will be joining me throughout the broadcast all weekend long. So listen for Don in those broadcasts. One more programming note for you, myself and my buddy Dave. We did a little social distancing podcast that is also out today on all of your podcast feeds. So you can find that just like you found this broadcast. Brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park at 33rd in Princeton. Order something tonight from them. Feed your family and your face through Grubhub or CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. This has been a Sox simulated broadcast. Don't forget, SoxOn35th.com with the post-game wrap-up. Check that out. And remember, this broadcast, all of our broadcasts, and the podcast that is up right now from Sox in the Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. Have a good night, everybody. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.